Christchurch, New Malden, 24th of May 2020. Katie Loftman speaking on Truth in a Time of Uncertainty. I've been thinking a lot about truth recently. How can we really know the truth about something? I want to know what's going on with the world and our current situation, but sometimes the news seems so unreliable. And as well as that, things are changing every day. I want the government briefings to give us straight facts from the horse's mouth, but sometimes they seem more like propaganda and spin. There's a lot of fake news flying around too. If I spend too much time on Twitter or any other platform, I soon start feeling as if nothing's true. Can we ever really know what's going on? What is truth? In a time of uncertainty like this, we can start to crave something solid, something true that we can rely on. How can we find truth in this time of uncertainty, fake news, spin and conspiracy theory? Many of us turn to the Bible for answers and to try to make sense of what's happening. A couple of Christians have spoken to me about whether this pandemic is a sign of something else. Perhaps some of the prophecies in the book of Revelation are coming true. Is the pandemic proof that the end times have come? Some say it's opening the way for the mark of the beast. They fear that the mark will be smuggled in under the guise of a universal vaccine, coupled with a digital chip, so we'll all be under its control. There's a lot of speculation about who's really in control of our world, and are they using the pandemic as a chance to get power? These are huge rabbit holes that we can easily spiral into, becoming more and more convinced that the world is in the grip of something dark and dangerous. Well, in an attempt to get to the bottom of some of this, I too have turned to Revelation. In 2012, we had a sermon series here at Christchurch at the 11 o'clock service, which went through the whole of Revelation, chapter by chapter. I've been reading through the book and listening to the sermons, and it really is the perfect antidote to some of those conspiracy theories. You can find them on our website under Recent Sermons. Go to the End tab and search for the name of the book. Revelation is a glimpse behind the curtain at the age-old battle between good and evil, but seen from the perspective of heaven rather than earth. One of the first things it reveals in chapter 4, and again in our reading from chapter 7, is the incredible worship around God's throne, angels and God's people from every age all praising God together. When we're worshipping together like this now, online, we're joining with that worship of the whole company of heaven, as well as with each other. We can't see them, just as we can't see each other, but we know and trust that they're there. What a wonderful community we're part of. But Revelation also shows us the spiritual battle that's taking place as God completes his defeat of evil. What we experience here in the world are some of the outworkings of a cosmic struggle as evil refuses to accept that defeat. God allows the powers of evil to work until they overreach themselves and finally collapse, exhausted and spent. Because yes, we are in the end times. We've been living in the end times since Jesus' death and resurrection 2,000 years ago. 
Revelation says there will be times when disease and famine plague the earth like horses riding roughshod over the world. Is that what we're seeing now? If so, what does it mean? Well, yes, the world is currently full of disease and suffering, as usual. Maybe a little more so at the moment. Revelation says the world will go through many plagues during this end times, as God prepares to rescue his people again, just as he rescued his people, the Israelites, from slavery in Egypt and led them to the Promised Land. It took ten plagues on Egypt before Pharaoh finally relented and let God's people free from slavery. God demonstrated his power over Egypt's false gods so that Pharaoh would recognise his sovereignty and obey him. So this gives us one truth that we can hang on to, that God is liberating his people now and is taking us to our own promised land, his kingdom of heaven, because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. But why do we have to have plagues? Well, Revelation is very clear that the purpose of the plagues is to urge people to turn to God. People often say, don't they, that it's in the difficult times that we realise our need for God. When my husband David was seriously ill several years ago, I didn't know what to do, and all I could do was pray. When I look back, that time of suffering, I realised that although I felt helpless at the time, it actually made my faith stronger. It made me and David both grow as a person. A time of suffering can often be a turning point in our faith. It makes us cling closely to God. And Nathan talked a lot about that last week too. And that is true for many people, but not for all. I'm sure you've met people who go the other way. In their suffering, they continue to turn away from God or even blame him and they become bitter. Revelation warns us that there will always be people who refuse to turn to God. We need to take care that we're not one of them. This time of disease in the world is the perfect opportunity for us to come closer to God with clean hands and a pure heart. We have the opportunity to read our Bibles at home, to love our neighbour in very practical ways, and at the same time, to open our eyes to the spiritual realities behind what's going on. Because the reality is that God is the King of glory, mighty in battle, but evil is not giving up without a fight. The power of evil is still strong in the world, perverting the truth. Satan is the great deceiver, the father of lies, trying to turn people away from God, he uses the powerful institutions of the world, whether political, financial or commercial, to trick people into putting their trust in material wealth or status. He perverts society's structures of power to reward people, so it becomes a good thing to be greedy and selfish. And the result is terrible justice, both locally and globally. It's not easy to extricate ourselves because it's baked into the structures of society. This is why it's so difficult to get to the truth about things, because of vested interests, poor reporting, or deliberate spin, which distort the facts, seeded by the father of lies. But revelation constantly calls us to stand firm in our faith, 
and as Psalm 24 puts it, if we don't trust in those idols or swear to those false gods, we can ascend the mountain of the Lord. So what is truth? How can we be sure? As I try and answer this question, I keep coming back to Jesus, saying he himself is the truth. But how can a person be the truth? Well, I think if we look at what Jesus was like and what he did, we can get a few clues. Jesus was devoted to God and spent huge amounts of time in prayer, and this gave him great strength. This is what kept him true to his purpose and God's plan. When we spend time in prayer, it brings us back to what is true and helps us to find our true purpose. And that's in the small everyday things as well as the big things. Jesus was the epitome of love and everything he did was motivated by that love to the point of total self-sacrifice. Look at his attitude to people. He was focused on the people who really needed him often people who had almost nothing else. People who found themselves on the wrong side of the power balance, marginalised by society and struggling under disease, injustice or poverty. When they met Jesus, they found the truth of their situation in Jesus' love and his healing presence, not in the lies that society was telling them about their status. Jesus helped them recognise their true identity as a loved child of God. When we remember that truth about ourselves, it will protect us from all sorts of lies that our society tries to pin on us. Jesus was the perfect example of how to be a human being. When we spend time with Jesus, we come closer to the truth about ourselves, the truth about other people, and the truth about the world around us, and all the time he helps us navigate through this wilderness with him at our side. So to sum up, when I look at Revelation to find some truth behind our current situation, this is what I see. God is fighting and defeating evil every single day with his healing power and his love. Evil is defeated every time someone gets well again, every time someone turns to God, every time someone chooses right over wrong. And those things weaken the power of evil and reduce its grip on the world. And we are called to be part of that by living a life of truth as Jesus did. Yes, we are in the end times. This is the wilderness before the promised land as God leads us on to his kingdom. All those things John prophesied in Revelation have come true over and over again in the two millennia since the book was first written. Empires rising and falling, people and whole nations being led astray by lies and idolatry, worshipping materialism or ambition instead of putting God first. Revelation warns us about these things and we see it all around us and throughout history. Revelation is not describing a single event in the future. It's just a description of the way the world is. It looks weird with all those creatures and dragons and things because John, like the Old Testament prophets he refers to, is trying to describe things that are really beyond words, the cosmic spiritual truths 
that lie behind what we can see. And when we remember this, it puts periods of suffering into perspective. We're in a wilderness. Jesus has broken us out of our slavery to evil, yes, but we're not yet in God's promised kingdom. That's why evil and suffering can still get us down. But it doesn't have to defeat us, because evil is already defeated. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. And he reminds us that we're never abandoned by God, just as the Israelites always had God with them, in the pillar of fire and cloud. And we know from the Old Testament that at the end of the wilderness lies the promised land. At the end of our wilderness period lies the kingdom of heaven. And this is just one stage on the journey to that final promised destination, where God will shelter us and wipe away every tear. And in the meantime, we're called to stay faithful in the wilderness, while God completes the work begun by Jesus on the cross.